great blessing now in our in our ministry in the Philippines. And uh, he has he has um, labored so hard. He's worked so hard. I heard that you know they they go into Bible studies to places to schools. You know they go into the schools and then um, share the gospel there to the to the people around them, uh, classmates and. Uh, share the gospel to um, the students in universities and not many of us could do such a job but again um, it's just a blessing to see that um, the ministry in Obolo had so much blessing um, that um, you know um, Pastor Jofred had been become a very uh, you know faithful um, worker of the Lord Jesus Christ in the place and um, in there was uh, a time that he remembers that you know I I I really treated them harshly because you know I was I was in the young people's department and I was one of the leaders there and uh, some sometimes because they were young they were they were small including um, my my nephews there and they will just play around they will just you know they will not care about what was going on in the in the ministry they will just you know uh, escape from the work and then with that as a leader so it's my responsibility to put all these uh, kids uh, you know in the in the work and then i treated them so um harshly in that but i i i, I thank the lord that you know they did not take it um you know um wrongly they they take it as coming from the lord uh, in order for them to be, um, you know, involved, and also the Lord will bless them in the future. And indeed, today is that future that the Lord has blessed um, Pastor Jobin uh, very much. And I am blessed, Pastor Jimbo is blessed, and everyone, my brother, Pastor Harley, is also blessed by um, Pastor Jobin's um, commitment to the Lord. Uh, he is uh, now... Um, he, he, he is part of um, the Mabolo Christian Academy uh, in Cebu and he is part of the Board of Trustees, a spiritual director of the, of the school and also uh, a values education teacher in the school. And this is the school that we're talking about 500 students, 500 young children. And his ministry is to share the gospel to these 500 children. And this, uh, hundreds of these will, will graduate, another hundreds will come along, another hundreds of souls and opportunity to share the gospel. And there's a great load of, uh, you know, um, the, the ministry in, the, in their shoulders now. And there's a great load of responsibility that the Lord has given to them because um, the Lord has seen that they are capable of doing that by the grace of God. And um, he, uh, Pastor Joffe became also the associate pastor um, in, um, wait, um, as assistant pastor from 2016 up to um, 2021. And in June of 2021, um, Pastor Joffe um, became an associate pastor of um, Mabolo Bible Baptist Church. And he has a lot of responsibilities now in his hand. So I am so honored, I am so blessed to welcome to our pulpit and to be our speaker this morning, Pastor Jofet Cortez. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. When I was a kid, I, I see Pastor Adrian. He wasn't a pastor. Adrian during that time he was I don't know how we call him maybe Kuya we don't call him Tito I don't know but uh, we uh, I just know that he is a good man I know he is a faithful man and 14 years here um, leading this church so all by God's grace and faithfulness and also because of the dedication of Pastor Adrian and I appreciate all of you, the men here, the ladies, the young people. Thank you for supporting Pastor Adrian and his family. And we are not only supporting the family, we are the, the focus is the ministry, the souls that will be saved. That is our focus. 14th church anniversary, 
Thank God for His faithfulness. I have a verse for the members. Members, this is for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 56. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. We are all lawbreakers. Do you believe that? We all have transgressed God's commandment. But look at in verse 57, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. But thanks be to God, thanks be to God, which giveth us the, the victory through Amen. our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Therefore, the, the verse doesn't end there. The context doesn't end there. Verse 58, therefore, this is our responsibility. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Every anniversary, whether in a company or in a relationship, you celebrate anniversary. No? So, uh, in a relationship, couples anniversary, companies anniversary, the goal is to celebrate God's goodness. Amen. And most especially, not only to celebrate God's goodness or to look back of uh, to look back at God's faithfulness we also look most especially we look ahead we look to continue we look to grow and we look to do more and accomplish more yeah. anniversary is not only celebrating the goodness of God we also look forward to the to the goal or to reach our goal as as a church the church of God the saved and baptized believers can continue the work of God the ministry of God why because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ God already gave us the victory he said thanks be to God which giveth us the the victory so that is what we should look forward as a church if you have your Bibles with you, please open with me in Psalm 61, in our text, Psalm 61. Let me read to you verse 1 to 4. Psalm 61, verse 1 to 4. I don't know how many times I have read this chapter. Maybe a hundred times, I don't know. I, I, just, I just know that there is a message here for all of us and thank God that we have a message for all of us this morning Psalm 61 verse 1 are you there let me read to you verse 1 to 4 hear my cry O God attend unto my prayer from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed lead me to the rock that is higher than I for thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy Verse 4, I will abide in the tabernacle forever. Can we read this last statement? Ready? Ready? Read. I will trust in the cover of thy wings, Selah. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, bless us today. Use me, Lord. Please give me strength and wisdom as I deliver your word this morning. Lord, I pray that we will not only be, Lord, a good hearers, but also, Lord, doers of your word of your word lord thank you for all the visitors may we all may they all understand lord the simple plan of salvation and lord thank you for your faithfulness in this church for your faithfulness in the life of pastor adrian and all lord who are behind him thank you lord god lord bless bless now our time together may you give us the victory in jesus name amen and amen let me speak to you the message that I entitled, The Goodness of God. The Goodness of God. It's very simple. The Goodness of God. Can you, can you say that God is good? Amen. The Goodness of God. Of course, God is good in this church. But individually, like personally, I can say God is very good to me. I do not deserve my Papa. But God gave me a, a Papa like Pastor Jimbo. I do not deserve faithful men, godly counsels like Pastor Adrian. When I was young, while the church is not yet, the church service is not yet over, 
while, while they're praying, I was away. I was running. I, I'm going to the computer shop. And Pastor Adrian looked after me. He said, go back. Uh, it's, it's called tough love. Okay? I don't deserve it. Maybe I deserve more uh, what punishment and consequences. But I don't know. But they love me. That is God's goodness. The goodness of God. The message the title is about the goodness of God, but the psalm, psalm is a song, the psalm started with a cry of David. We're talking about the goodness of God, but the psalm started with a cry of David. There is a false teaching around now, even in a Christian community, that they say, to become a Christian, all your troubles will be, will be gone, will be over. So that is just a wrong mindset and if you have that mindset, you will have a wrong expectation. David here was in pain and in full of anguish in heart. He, he even used the word overwhelm. Overwhelm. He said in verse 1 to 2, Hear my cry. Attend unto my prayer. Lord, please hear my prayer. Lord, please listen to me. God's goodness is not limited only in tangible things. Do you approve with that? Tangible things. In the Philippines, we call it grace. Like for example, every good gift or if you receive food or clothing, Filipinos will say, oh, thank you for this grace. But listen, there is a different grace from God. A different goodness from God in the form of problems, in the form of needs, in the form of trials, in the form of hurt. You may not agree for a moment, but if you listen to this message, you will understand that problems are a grace from God. Problems are a blessing from God. This church will not celebrate 14 years without problems. You will not grow in life without problems. You will not know God intimately without problems. The goodness of God. Three things about the goodness of God. We don't normally cry, right? We don't want to cry. We don't want people to hurt us. We don't desire criticism. Me, I don't want criticism. But as I look back, I praise God for the criticism. One pastor said, they are the unpaid guardian of our soul. Criticism. We don't want pain, but if we only see things, we only see problems, we only see these things, those things that I mentioned, from a purely humanistic point of view, then we will be discouraged and defeated. But do you know what we need? We need the perspective of God in this area, in these problems, in this kind of situation where you, right here, right now, you may be in this kind of situation. You may be dealing with some anxiousness or, or depression or pain right now. I do not know, but God knows and you know it too. Three things about the goodness of God and why... Why is this text, why is this about the goodness of God? Number one this morning, the goodness of God in His sovereignty. Let's study first the sovereignty of God. So God is sovereign. God is sovereign. When we say that God is sovereign, we mean that God rules over everything. We mean, we mean that God is in control. We mean... We, when we say God, the sovereignty of God, we mean that there is nothing that, that shocks God. There is nothing that God doesn't know. The Bible says in Psalm 115 verse 3, But our God is in heavens. He hath done whatsoever He hath pleased. God is sovereign in heaven. But the big question here for us is, if God is sovereign, what is this to us? How can we 
apply this in our lives. What is this to us? We should understand that in life, in life, there is a God in heaven who knows everything. God knows what is happening and God knows what will happen. He knows what you are going through right now. He even knows your thoughts, your desires, your worries. He knows every oppression right now. He knows every injustice right now. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 8, Ecclesiastes 5 verse 8, If thou seest the oppression of the poor, there is oppression of the poor, and violent perverting of judgment and justice in a province, marvel not at the matter. Don't be shocked, really. Like, is there God? Yes, there is God. And where is God during these times? The Bible says, For he that is higher than the highest, what? Regard them. God is watching. God knows. God knows everything. And there is nothing in this world that surprises God. There is nothing that can shock or catch God by surprise. God knows everything. And the second truth that I want to tell you, not only that God knows everything in His sovereignty, there is us. There is us who do not know everything. Psalm 90 verse 12, David said, Lord, teach us to number our days. You know how how I understand that verse? Our days are numbered. We are limited. We are finite. We are short sighted. Charles Spurgeon said, There are two great certainties about our life. Number one, God knows. Number two, we do not know. God knows and we do not know. But number three, in the area of God's sovereignty, God's goodness in His sovereignty, He knows. And look at this. Number three, we can have a comfort here. God, who is loving, a compassionate God, yet just and fair, He gave us His word. He gave us His complete Word, a perfect Word, so that we can know who He is and that He is good, He is always good, and He is only good. How can we know that? How can we know about that characteristic in the the nature of God? Through His Word. Through His Word, we can know that God is good and that Whatever His ways, His plans, we may not know it, we may not understand yet His purpose, but we can rest in the assurance that God is good. I don't understand why why some, uh, like, like my parents, will discipline me. I don't understand. And as a kid, I don't have to understand. I want to understand, but I cannot really understand. But in God's perfect time, by God's grace, I understood. I, under, I don't understand why Pastor Adrian has to leave Mabolo when he has a very great role in our church during that time. My, my papa felt sad, maybe. But when I see today, I understand. God has a plan. God is sovereign, meaning God can do whatever pleases Him. God is holy, just, righteous, and he is also fair and merciful. God in his word never assures us that all things in life will be good. The Bible says, Romans 8.28, all things work together for good. Not all things are good, but all things work together for good. But not for all people, only to those who love God. All things work together for good. To them that love God. To them who are doubled according to His purpose. God's way, in Psalm 18 verse 20, the Bible says, His way, God's way is perfect. God's way is perfect. Yeah. Why is it good? You know, if, if, if we, I cannot know, you do not know my heart. I cannot know your heart. But if we know God's word, we can know God's heart. Yeah. We can know that God's intention 
for these problems in life is only number one to purify us to make us holy the bible says in hebrews chapter 12 verse 6 verse 6 for whom the lord loveth he chasteneth there's a pastor's kid i'm a pastor's kid there, there, there is a pastor's kid that he was disciplined by his papa the the papa said do you know why i discipline you because i love you the pastor's the pastor's kid said papa please don't love me too much <laughs> so maybe she has a point she's a little girl but the bible says for whom the lord loveth he chasteneth one of the benefit of having problems or pains in life is the benefit of self-examination every time we have or you have a problem please examine yourself yeah. examine it's called in physical it's called general checkup maybe when i go home i will have a general checkup <laughs> after eating too much lamb and beef maybe god requires that each of us maintain a periodic examination self-examination if we do this look at the benefit first corinthians 11 31 for if we would judge ourselves we would not be judged within us we should know what is right and wrong and if we do wrong god will discipline his children again for whom the lord loveth he chasteneth david said before i was afflicted i went astray but now I have kept thy word. Amen. God wants to make us holy. God's motive in giving us pain, problems, and disciplining us because He wants us to be holy. Also, God wants us to be strong. God wants us to be strong. You know what happened uh, to the children of Israel when they were in Egypt, slave for 400 years? The Bible says, the more the Egyptians afflict them, the Bible says, the more they grow and multiply. You know, don't, don't give responsibility to a young man, young child. That child will not grow. Yeah. Don't give problems, trials. You know, problems, if life without problems, it's like college, school without exam. Thank God for the problems because it will what? Strengthen us strengthen us not only that god wants us to strengthen this is god's motive in giving us these trials and problems david said lord i cry but what is in god's mind and heart god wants to strengthen david god wants to discipline david god wants david to be perfect but also god wants you to be a blessing God wants you, each and every one of us, to be a blessing. Look at in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. The Bible says, Blessed be God. Many times, many of us will, will say, Thank you, Lord, for the new car. But look at here what, what Paul said here. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of, our, of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation. And what purpose, God? You, you have tribulation. Tribulation means trials. God will send us trials. And it is God also who will give us comfort. Yeah. But what's His intention? Look at the next statement. That we, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble this is god's heart and mind in giving us trials and testings in life god wants you god wants us to be a blessing so that you can comfort others also not only god wants us to be a blessing god wants us this is the very most important thing in giving in in the trials of life in having trials in our lives God wants us to experience His grace. Paul said in Philippians chapter four, Philippians chapter chapter four, verse Philippians chapter three, verse 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 ten. Paul said that I may know Him. 
and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings. The fellowship of His sufferings. Grace means God's enablement. Amen. Grace is not the own. Grace is not the gifts that we receive, but grace means God's power, God's enablement, God's ability in us and through us. God will put us in a like like the three Hebrew children. God placed them in a fiery furnace, but God used them. God used them. God has a purpose for everything. If things are going well for us, I do believe this message is not important. But when a major conflict or problem arises, we have the perfect motivation to search our hearts and to cry unto God, Lord, you alone, Lord, who can help me. Don't be so mad if you are suffering because of your consequences. Get right with God. Get right with God. God's goodness in His sovereignty. Number two. Let's go on to number two. Not only the sovereignty of God, you can see in our text, but also the shelter for men. The shelter for men. Not only God's sovereignty, also the shelter for men. David here said in verse 1, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. This is a shelter. Not only that verse, verse 3, Thou hast been a shelter for me. This should be our prayer whenever we have problems in life. Lord, lead me. Lord, lead me. Church visitors, listen. We should desire God's leading in our lives. Yep. Not, I mean, we, we, we do have feelings. We can be emotional sometimes. We have wisdom. We have what? We have, um, we have experiences. But most important thing in our, in our making decisions, we should follow God's leading. Yeah. And where is God leading us? David said here, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. David mentioned here, Iraq. Iraq that is higher than I. His, his ground is unstable. His life is full of troubles. He feels unsecured. There's a, my favorite chapter in the book of Psalm is Psalm 40. Psalm 40. In Psalm 40, David said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me. You know, most of his psalms are crying. Most of his psalms, you, you can feel like David is depressed. But no, all his psalms, most of his psalms also will end in victory. He said, verse 2 in Psalm 40, verse 2, he brought me up out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, a solid rock. This world, miry clay, unstable, full of problems, no assurance. No assurance. I mean, there's a certain point that people can give assurance or insurance. But God's leading is to the solid rock. People can find comfort in many ways. People can find comfort in religion, even in relationships, even in material things. What, but what God has to say about these things? People, material things, work. What does God has to say about those things? God said in 2 Corinthians 4.18, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. Temporal. Work, temporal. Money, temporal. Our health, temporal. But at the things which are not seen are eternal. 
God's word is eternal. The rock is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said in, in, in Matthew 7, verse 24, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The floods came, the, the, the winds came, and it stood still because it was founded upon a rock. God's word is sure. There is security in his word. This is our hope. A rock that is higher than I. Lord, you are my shelter. Lord God, you are my hope. Lord, you are the strong tower. Psalm Proverbs 18 verse 10, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Let me, I do not, I do not mean to, to, uh, to say that we, uh, those blessings, those material things are not good. No, we, we, we need those things. I do believe car here is a necessity. We need also to dress well. You need money to survive. But more than anything else, we need God. Amen. Those things are temporary. Yeah. A man can live without a car. You can live without his cell phone. Yeah. A man can live without a fellowship. Yeah. For, for a few days maybe. But you cannot live without hope. Yeah. If you put yeah. your hope in a wrong place, in the wrong person, it's it's like a miry clay, unstable. Right. You know what is higher than us? David said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You know what is higher than us? God. Amen. His presence. His word. David said in Psalm 75, Whom have I in heaven but thee? There is none that I desire upon the earth beside thee. God's word will prevail. God's word will surely come to pass. And, and God's word is not man's word that, because man's word will change. God's word will prevail. God's word is certain. Right. You can hope in the word of God. Many yeah. of you here I have heard that their testimony, they, they, they hold on to a verse. They hold on to their faith, to their conviction. And God delivered them. God blessed them. Why is that? Is that because of your strength? No, it's because God's word is faithful and true. Amen. The story of our church in Mabolo, Pastor Jimbo went there to Mabolo without even one chair. What does he bring? He only bring with him a Bible in his hand and a pregnant lady. <laughs> I was with my mom's belly, tummy for seven months when Pastor Jimbo came to Mabolo. And by God's grace, uh, there's people there and uh, we are not, I'm, I'm not so much, you know, the church is not the building or the pulpit, the church are God's people. Amen. And you can see their lives change and God is using them. And God is blessing them and they are happy serving God. Amen. That's the reward for serving God. You will, will see people whose lives are changed. You can live without, you cannot live without hope. And listen to me. The Bible says, my heart, my flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart. Our problems here are not an accident. God meant it for our good. Joseph was sold to Egypt, but in the book of Psalm, the Bible says God, God sent to them first Joseph. Joseph in Genesis 50, Joseph said God meant it for good. Number one, again, the sovereignty of God. Is God good? Amen. Even in our problems? Yes. If we can see the problems in God's perspective. God wants us to be holy. God wants us to experience Him. God wants us to know Him more. Like Apostle Paul said, that I may know Him. God wants us to, to love Him. God wants us to grow. That is in the area of God's sovereignty. God can do whatever pleases Him. And also number two in our text, we have a shelter. 
not on this world, but in God alone. We can cry out to Him, we can pray to Him, but look at the goodness of God here in number three. God's goodness in His salvation. In His salvation. David mentioned here a place where we can trust, where he put his trust. In our text, if you can look back here, this is our text, this is our theme. Psalm chapter 61. Psalm chapter 61. David mentioned here in verse 4, I will abide in thy tabernacle. Look at the next statement. Forever, I will trust in the cover of thy wings. David mentioned here a place of safety. A place where God is. That's his tabernacle. And not only a place of safety and a place where God dwells, it's also a place where he puts his trust completely. This is a place where he put his trust. You know, if you are, if you put your trust in a bank, then you put your riches in a bank. But David is not mentioning any material riches here, but his complete trust. David said, I will trust in the cover of thy wings. Let, let us first, I know I'm not a master of this, but I just had a, a few study when I was in Bible college about the tabernacle. Pastor Adrian mentioned here the tabernacle. The purpose of the tabernacle was to show and teach a sinful people how they could serve and have fellowship with God. How they could approach God. God commanded His people to offer a sacrifice offerings willingly willingly and listen every part of the tabernacle do you have a picture there of the tabernacle every part of the tabernacle points to the Lord Jesus Christ Jesus is the way he is the only way to God the first thing that the priest will meet when he enters the tabernacle is the gate the entrance. Let me just divide the tabernacle into four for the sake of time. So, by the way, only the priest could enter the tabernacle in the Old Testament. And this is the tabernacle that David is mentioning in our text. David said, I will abide in thy tabernacle. David knows that God is, is there. God dwells there in the tabernacle. And David said, "There, I, Lord, I will go there. Lord, I want to be there. And in that tabernacle, there's a certain place there that David puts his trust. That David knows that he is safe if, if, if you understand that area in that tabernacle. What's the first thing that the priest meets as he enters the door? The, the, the priest will meet the curtain. The white linen, which is a type of God's righteousness which a man must have perfect white when we approach to God. Our heart is darkened by sin and that, that linen there was a picture of God's righteousness. When you enter the tabernacle, you are meet with the brazen altar. The brazen altar is for the daily sacrifice. Daily. Every day there's a fire. Fire. By that brazen altar. I mentioned that Brazen altar, I think last last Wednesday, Sunday evening, uh, Hebrews 13, we have an altar when Christ was crucified outside the gate. So that's the brazen altar. The brazen altar is there for the daily sacrifice. After the brazen altar, there's this, the labor. The labor is for the, the washing for the priest's hands and feet. The Levites, they go there to wash their hands and their, their feet. The prison, the, the, the labor is also a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. He cleansed us. Also a picture of God's word to sanctify us daily. 
The priest should not minister inside the tabernacle without washing in the labor. You know what the labor is? The labor is made of looking glasses or in our term right now, mirrors. Very prized jewel to the women, uh, Israelite women when they came out from Egypt. The Israelites, uh, the, the Egyptians gave them jewels. The Egyptians gave them looking glasses. And now Moses told them, offer it to the Lord. Let's use it to make the tabernacle. So when you look at the labor, when they wash their hand, there's a reflection. So that's the labor. I don't know if you have studied that one. Now, we have now the labor. And mentioned, that is not the, the part of the tabernacle that David is mentioning. Okay? We need to understand, David mentioned tabernacle and covered of thy wings let's look at please please open your bibles and bear with me in, in reading these five verses hebrews chapter 9 hebrews chapter 9 i thank god that i found this verse or chapter when i was studying for this message hebrews chapter 9 for us to understand more about the the area that David put his trust and what is happening there. Hebrews chapter 9, are you there? Verse 1 to 5, let me read to you, just follow with your eyes. Then verily, the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. This is what David mentioned in the psalm. Tabernacle, worldly sanctuary, visible. Verse 2. For there was a tabernacle made, the first, wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary, after the second veil, <clears throat> and the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all. The holiest of all. What's in there, the holiest of all? Which had the golden censer, and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna, and the Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant. And verse 5, And over it the cherubims of glory shadowing or covering the mercy seat, of which we cannot speak now particularly there's this certain part in the tabernacle which is called the holy of holiest the holy of holiest no one entered the holy of holiest except the high priest the priest can go inside the tabernacle but only the outer area the brazen altar the laver but only the high priest could enter the holy of holiest. The holy of holiest. And the high priest cannot enter the holy of holiest every day. There's only a day once a year that the high priest will enter the holy of holiest. That day is called the day of atonement. The Day of Atonement. What is this Day of Atonement? The Day of Atonement where is where the high priest will carry with him the blood of the sin offering. There's the lamb that was prepared, a special lamb, clean, no, no spot, spotless lamb, perfect lamb that was prepared for the Day of Atonement. Once a year, and then the high priest will bring the blood of that lamb and will sprinkle it in the mercy seat, overshadowing the two cherubims. Where is that place again? The holy of holiest. Once a year only. And what will happen? When God accepts that atonement, that offering, the sins were taken care of. He entered once a year and uh, it is called now the 
day of atonement. The, the high priest will not go in without a rope and without a bell. Because if the high priest is not right with God, he will die there at the holy of holiest. You know what will happen if God accepts the sacrifice, the day of atonement? The high priest will came out the high priest will go up to the tabernacle and he will shout, Tetelestai! Tetelestai! That word means it is finished. Tetelestai means it is finished. The day of atonement, God accepts our offering. When the people heard this, they shouted with joy, they knew that God would continue, continue to dwell in the midst of sinful people. That's grace. Do you know the testimony of John the Baptist? John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. And he pointed out the Lord Jesus Christ. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Amen. Do you know the very purpose why the Lord Jesus Christ came here? Jesus said in Mark 10, 45, The Son of Man came not to be ministered, but to minister and to give His life a ransom for many. In the mercy seat, in the mercy seat, there's this called propitiation. The sins of many was God's wrath was satisfied. God's wrath was gone because of the blood of the perfect lamb. You know what? The Lord Jesus Christ is our perfect lamb. Amen. John the Baptist said, The lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. You know what Jesus Christ said on the cross? Jesus Christ said, It is finished. Tetelestai. Tetelestai. Apart from Christ, our very best righteousness are just filthy rags. Yep. David described the blessedness of a man of whom the Lord imputes not iniquity. In, in Romans chapter 4 verse 6, David said here, David described the blessedness of the man upon whom and to whom God imputed righteousness without works. Righteousness without works. Verse 7 saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where David put his trust. In the cover of God's wings. The area where his sin was Forgiven. In the area of the tabernacle where the blood of the lamb, the blood sacrifice, the lamb sacrifice was shed there. And God accepts his person. God, David knows that he is forgiven. David put his trust in that in that period of time. David knows that he is forgiven. David knows that he sins are gone and God imputes God is righteous God credits his righteousness unto David saying blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven whose sins are washed the purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ is to die on the cross to pay for our sins because we are not saved by our religion we are not saved by our good works. Right. Only the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross. Yeah. And that's the purpose of the tabernacle. Before the tabernacle was built, God told Moses, I will dwell among them. I will dwell among them. You know what? The church, the church is not the building. The church are God's people. God's people. The Bible says, What? Know ye not that your bodies are the what? Temple of the living God. God dwelled 
among us. God live with us. This is the greatest comfort in our lives that we can be saved. Our problem is sin and the, and the payment, the ransom, the propitiation, the substitute, the payment for our sin. Only the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me close with this. I'm closing now. The problems. If you have problems, God has a different view. We don't know everything. That's who we are. God knows and we don't know. But we can be comforted by these biblical truths. That God has a plan. His plan is to make us holy. To sharpen us. Or to discipline us. And there's nothing that is happening right now that surprises God. And God is inviting us, inviting you. If you don't know yet how to be saved. And what is the purpose, the reason why the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross. God is inviting us to trust Him. David said, I will trust in the cover of thy wings. Let us trust Him for the salvation of our souls. Amen. Trust Him for eternity. Amen. And if you can trust Him for eternity, church members, church, if you are saying believers of Christ, if you can trust the Lord Jesus Christ in your eternity, you trust Him for your eternity, can you not trust Him with your life? Can you not put Him first? We are not in the safest place. Do you think you are in the safest place? No, you are not. Some, I think two days ago or yesterday, there's a mall in the Philippines, in, in Mindanao, that was destroyed by an earthquake. Now, we have this tradition as Filipinos, many Filipinos here. We have this culture that if we want to be comfortable, we want to a safe place, we will go to the mall. It's very hot in the Philippines. We want to go to the mall for, you know, want to feel safe because there are guards in the mall. There's security in the mall. But you know what happened? The mall was destroyed by the earthquake. People are running outside from the mall. No, we are not in the safest place. David experienced that one. He may be a king when he wrote this up, or he may be a struggling youth running from Saul. One thing is sure, God, if we are in the center of God's will, then you are in the most safest place in your life. Amen. There's this woman soccer player from America. Her name is Megan Rapinoe. She said, I don't believe if there is God, this, this will not happen to me. But no, God has a purpose. I, I feel pity for her. I, I pity her. It's not God's fault that you play soccer and now you blame God for your injury. But God, God has a purpose for everything. I, 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 it, for her, it's an accident, but I don't see it as an accident. By God's grace and goodness, problems, accidents, trials have a purpose. Last verse this morning, Ecclesiastes 7 verse 2. Look at this. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 2. It is better to go to the house of, to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. This is in God's view. In my view, I would love to go to the house of feasting. But in God's view, it's better to go to the house of weeping. For that is the what? End of all men. And the living will lay it to his heart. In God's view, look at the next statement. Sorrow is better than laughter. For by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better we all have attended funerals right 
We all have attended funerals and sometimes the death of a loved one is really painful. The death of a loved one is really can be really hard for for you if that is your close loved one. But you know what? Someday, someday it can be your funeral. It can be your funeral. So problems will come, pain will come and you see it. We should lay it to heart, Lord. What is your plan for this? When you see a loved one who died or a friend who died, listen, imagine, think of this. We all will one day spend eternity. Would that be in heaven or in hell? What should you put into your heart? Lay it to heart. This is what God has given us. God has given us time and chance. Solomon said, but time and chance happeneth to all. Time, it means God is sovereign. God has given us time. But listen, this time is not unlimited. The time that has given us is short. Short. But you know what? God also in His goodness has given us chance. You are a visitor this morning. This is your chance. The word of God is being preached. Jesus is being exalted. He is the only Savior. Believe Him. Members, we have a chance. We have right now to serve God. Amen. Don't say, there are yet four months and then come at harvest. No. Yeah. Lift up your eyes. Look on the field. Jesus Christ said, for they are white already for harvest. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, thank you for the message. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. Lord, I am your unworthy servant, but thank you, Lord, for the privilege to bring your word. And Lord, I pray that your word right now, Lord, will not be in vain. That, Lord, all the people here will not be, Lord, just a hearers, but a doers. May we appreciate, Lord, every problem, every trials, Lord, because every trials, Lord, has a message. It's not an accident. And I pray, Lord God, that all of us, Lord, will learn to follow your leading. Follow, Lord, the shelter, Lord, that you have placed in our lives. We have your word. We have, Lord, the strong foundation. Your word is perfect. We have only, Lord, we need to obey and trust you, Lord. And, Lord, we have, Lord, we can have your salvation. You died on the cross to pay for our sins. Thank you, Lord God. You made it easy for us, Lord. Salvation is simple, but it's not cheap. I pray, Lord God, that no one here, Lord, will go home without trusting you as their personal Savior. Let me call on Pastor Adrian. Give it the time to respond to what God has spoken to you this morning. If the Lord is speaking to your heart, it's the, the altar is open. We can come to the Lord. And, and maybe for all of you members, uh, you are faithful to the Lord and um, wish to continue your faithfulness to God. This is maybe a time for us to recommit to the Lord, to renew our commitment to God. If you are like that, please come. Please come. Uh, the altar is open. And we will thank the Lord for His faithfulness. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's the way, brother. here as a visitor and you have the Lord is speaking to your heart. Um, you can come also. You can come if the Lord is speaking to you about the salvation. Come and the Lord will bless you. What a blessing it is. You know, um, we understand trials. Trials, tribulations will come. But again, as the pastor said, nothing catches God by surprise. It is calculated by God why problems come because God wants to make your life better. God wants you to understand that He is working in your life. And all you need to do is submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to God. Trust in Him. Put your trust in the Lord. My friends, there is no other place, there is no safer place than the, 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 the center of God's will.